Hello, hello. Welcome to the Natural Misconceptions Podcast. My name is Stephanie Mora, and I'm here to highlight all the misconceptions that we hold about life, culture, natural family planning, and fertility. I'm here to ask family, friends, and experts to help me uncover and debunk common myths, misunderstandings, and misconceptions. So get ready to learn and laugh while we pull back the veil, because on this podcast, there's no such thing as TMI. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Natural Misconceptions podcast. I'm so excited I have another guest joining us today. Her name is Megan Purple. Um, While I have not had the gift of meeting Megan in person, um, we got to know each other through our beauty counter business, um, which has been a lot of fun and just kind of bonding over being Catholic mamas and both of us kind of working in the education field. So, um. It's exciting to have you here, Megan, if you want to kind of give your little spiel and introduce yourself and a little bit of your background. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, So as Stephanie said, yes, I also um, work in the education field. So I've been a school psychologist for 10 years now. I can't believe it's been that long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's been a long, it's been a long journey. Um, And yes, I'm a Catholic mom to two little ones. I have a almost three-year-old, a four-year-old, and another one on the way, which I have not actually announced. I have not actually announced outside of our little beauty (laughs) beauty counter team on Voxer. But, you know, by the time this airs, like, I'm sure we will have told people. So So it's fine. But anyway. This is a fun announcement. You just shared the episode and that'll be how you tell people. That's so cool. (laughs) Yes. So, so it's really exciting. Um, and, and what else? And I started a, um, blog a a few months ago about, um, I just wanted to do something about parenting. So obviously I have a background in school psychology, but wanted to do something more creative that I could, I could call my own. Um, so kind of like you with your, with your podcast, just, you know, wanting to share things with the world. Um, and so, so yeah, so I've got a few things going on right now and in having the summer off as I'm sure you are. <laughs> Absolutely. Summer's off are why I became a teacher and I, <laughs> that sounds like a joke. I know maybe possibly a lot of teachers make that joke. It's really less of a joke for me. <laughs> oh, it's not. Yeah. It's totally real. I can't even imagine having a job where I didn't have any <laughs> just month after month I just couldn't couldn't do it so I I realized that I don't think I've ever had a job like you know where I've worked all all year you know because you go from school when you're in school like that's like the rhythm that you're used to Mm -hmm. and then you graduate and get a real job and you're like oh okay like I just you know you always you get used to having the summers off so yeah it is nice yeah I did once, um, after graduating, I was going to do uh, my master's after a semester. I just realized it really wasn't for me and we got married and everything. And my husband was a teacher and I was still looking my, actually my undergrad is in public relations, not education. So I was like still kind of on the hunt there. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. um, I eventually went the alternative certification route to become a teacher because one, when my husband dived dived in dove into being an educator one he loved it and he just made it look very enjoyable and the other thing was I had had my first little son and he 
my husband stayed home with him all summer and I was so jealous. I would go off to work <laughs> and leave them. And I was like, this is awful. I hate having this job. I can't have my summer with my family. So I was like, okay, maybe I should just be a teacher. And that kind of was a bit, a big catalyst to get back into considering education. So um, yeah, I totally hear you um, on that for sure. Yeah. Especially um, being like a full-time working mom, you know, I think sometimes we tend to get not but, you know, there's like that mom guilt sometimes. Not that I think, I, I don't think we should feel guilty, but it's hard, it's hard not to. And so it, it is nice to have that time, that extra vacation time to kind of feel mm-hmm. like, well, at least I know that for these couple months, I can dedicate my whole, you know, my whole time to my family and to my kids. So, yeah, sure. so it is nice. Yeah. Awesome. So um, you have let me know prior to our chat that uh, you have used Creighton in the past, which you and I have Mm -hmm. in common. I also use Creighton now. I started off with a different method, but kind of switched gears to use Creighton. So do you want to talk a little bit about your use of that and why you took that method? Yes. Um, So I did not know anything about (laughs) natural family planning. Okay, I knew a little bit about it because, so I grew up Catholic, and I know that my parents used some form of natural family planning. Um, I think the Billings method. Okay. And so that that was all I knew. And I didn't really give it much thought because my husband and I, so we got married in 2010, and we knew that we wanted to have kids pretty much right away. We didn't want to wait. We had dated for, for a long time before getting married. So we kind of got the fun out of our system prior to marriage. And so, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, so, so we wanted to have kids right away and it didn't happen. Um, and, and a year went by and then another year and then another year. And ultimately it was, it was five years of, of infertility. Um, so like I said, we got married in 2010 and it wasn't until 2013 that I started to look into what I could do. I just didn't know that mm-hmm. there was, were ways of treating infertility that worked with a woman's body and that were in accordance with the Catholic church's teachings. So I knew that I, IVF was like off the table and that kind of thing. Um, so I just didn't know that there were options for me. I thought that natural mm-hmm. family planning was just simply about avoiding pregnancy or spacing pregnancy right. or whatever. I didn't know that it could be used to achieve pregnancy. And so I started to, I don't know exactly how it was that I heard of NAPRO technology first, um, but that's just what I happened to stumble across. It could have been Catholic radio, who knows? But I started to listen to to interviews with with doctors uh, who practice NAPRO technology. I think I listened to an interview uh, with Dr. Thomas Hilders, um, and I was just like blown away (laughs) by what they were talking about. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to look into this. And so I ended up finding a teacher, um, a nurse practitioner who, you know, 
we went to her house and she gave us all the material. She sat us down and gave us like a complete, and it was me and my husband. And that was very, from the beginning, it was very much like you and your spouse are a part, are in this together, mm-hmm. um, which I really liked. So it wasn't just me learning about my body. It was my husband <laughs> learning about my body as well. Um because that's what it is, right? It's, it's a partnership and you two are truly working together on this. So, and so we did the training and I just learned like all these things about my body that I didn't know. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you can, you can tell that from mucus. Right. <laughs> what? You, I don't know if you have a similar experience to me in when I first kind of got into NFP and it wasn't great. And at first I, I learned, um, symptothermal which means I was taking my temperature in addition to the mucus observations now granted I'll give the caveat I did not use that method for very long really at all uh just because I I wound up getting pregnant fairly early on but um I remember as I was learning about like why is this new information I am an adult I have had my period for many years by this point this is not or should not be new info I should have been at this and someone has cheated me out of a plethora of golden nuggets about like it's so interesting and why why am I just learning this as a grown adult and I'm only learning it because there's a problem I'm having to address not because right right yeah exactly it should be this podcast exists (laughs) (laughs) yes it is so why it is crazy it is crazy and and I think that the Pope Paul the sixth institute which you know, Dr. Hilders, I think, um, just, just celebrated, like they're celebrating their 30 years this year. So this is not new information. I mean, this, the research has been here for decades. People have known about this. Why has the mainstream medical field not been talking about this or learning about it? Um, you know, if you go and talk to a regular OB, they're just going to kind (laughs) of look at you funny. (laughs) Yeah. Like you do what? Oh, that's okay. Good for you. Whatever you say. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so it's not very, it's not very welcoming, but, um, yeah, having gone to a Catholic, I mean, I went to Catholic school the whole way and you would think that that would have come up at some point, you know, but no, mm-hmm. no. Um, and I was just talking, it's funny because I was just talking to my mom about this too. And she said that she was just floored and, and mad that, you know, nobody told this to her, even in their, you know, pre, pre Cana, like when Mm -hmm. she and my dad were preparing to get married. Um, I think it might be a little different now, but at least at the time it in, you know, the eighties or whatever, it wasn't being talked about. And I don't um, know that it's entirely that different now, to be honest. I mean, I, I've only been married uh, coming up on four years, and they definitely did touch on NFP, but gosh, they left so much out. And I think it's because yeah. they don't want to overwhelm new couples. And I, I also know that there's like this self-awareness and unfortunately somewhat of laziness on the part of, uh, I don't want to say the church. I don't want to put like the whole blame on it, on the church as a whole, but like, like, well, I know they're probably going to be using um, birth control if they, <laughs> right. they don't care. So let's just not bombard them with birth control because they're just going to roll their eyes and move along anyway. Yeah, and they're going to do what they're going to do, right? So yeah. why bother? 
yeah so i i mean they they did they said here's an nfp is a thing here you go and then that was it there wasn't yeah. much else to it so yeah I think right. that that's yeah like i said another reason why i kind of did this and i know i i follow now a lot of people a lot of people on instagram who are all trying to fight back on that and and just teach more people because you know you and i have used it for specific intentions um but it's just valuable information to have overall anyway, just as much as we need to know whether or not we have, um, you know, high blood pressure or anything like that. Like we should also know if there's something iffy with our cycles as well. Yes. And I think also there's a lot of things, a lot of problems that women just sort of take for granted as that's just part of being a woman. Like I'm sure we've all had friends. Like I remember I had a good friend in high school who had horrible um, cramps with her period, like to the point where she couldn't even come to school. And, you know, I don't, now I don't know how they were treating it, quote unquote, but I, you know, they would give her like pain medication, like here's some Tylenol. Like (laughs) it's just, there, there was no, let's look for the root cause. You know, it's, they put you on birth control. That's pretty much, um, I think with the vast, not wanting to put everybody in the same basket, but I think the vast majority are going to put women or young women on birth control for PMS and, and painful periods. Mm -hmm. Um, so just something like that, you know, where you don't, you might not even think it's a problem. Right. And then you find out once you start learning more about this, like, wait, this isn't even normal. Yeah. We can, we can fix this. Definitely. It's, it's nutty to say the least. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So you, you said you had a conversation with your mom and she kind of felt like maybe gypped. Like, why did anyone tell us this? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because she was, even though she and my dad um, are Catholic, like they weren't super, she would say like they weren't the best Catholics early on in their marriage. So they, you know, they had me and then they ended up, um, my mom got pregnant with my younger sister seven years after me because they had used, um, my dad actually didn't, he really didn't want more kids and they ended up using, um, the pill for, for all those years. And then my mom stumbled upon, I don't know if it was Pope Paul the sixth that she was reading, but she was reading some kind of Catholic literature and she did not know until she read this, that it was like in, um, intrinsically evil birth control. And, she, and that's such a powerful phrase. You're like, Oh yeah. my yeah. God, what did yeah. I do? Right. And so she like immediately went to my dad and was like, this is evil. We can't, we can't do this anymore. And he's like, Oh. Okay, so so then, also, can I just add? Yeah. So I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt you, but thank God for the graces of her to just be like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta stop," because I think a lot of people's reaction when they hear that oh, is right. like, "Whatever." Okay, the yeah, church is crazy. Off. Yeah, like that's that's ridiculous. But for her to just be like, "Nope, gotta change, gotta switch. Let's let's take care of it." That's awesome. Exactly, for sure. I think that was some kind of grace happening there, um, because like she said, she wasn't even like a great Catholic at the time. Like they were going to church every Sunday and things like that, but beyond that, not really seeking to learn that much about their faith and all of that. So I mm-hmm. think that's really when there was a shift, um, and she just started reading a lot more into it. Now she a month later. <laughs> she got pregnant with my sister. So she hadn't, you know, gotten a chance to really learn 
well, what do I do instead? <laughs> like, if I can't be on the pill, um, what do you do? So it took her some time um, to kind of figure that out. But, but yeah, that was, that, that was their um, journey into natural family. Didn't start out that way in their marriage. And, and she did say that it, it totally changed their, you know, intimacy afterwards, that there was, she noticed the difference, you know, uh, from using the pill to not using the pill, that it really, it makes a difference in, in your intimacy. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. that's how. I love it. And I love that she shared that with you, because I know, you know, especially, obviously, she probably wouldn't have shared all that with you as a young, like as a teen or anything, as if it's something you learn more as an adult and how our relationships with our parents change, but like just kind of gleaning that information later on in life to, to apply it to yourself as well. That's awesome. Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm grateful that she shared that with me, that her story so that I could then kind of apply it to mine. Obviously I kind of took a different method or whatever, yeah. but at least I, you know, yeah, that was important to me in, in figuring out what I should be doing as a Catholic wife and, and hopefully mother. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, okay. So you found Creighton, you said in 2013 is when you kind of. Yes. Yep. So that's when we, we learned about it. I started charting, um, which is, <laughs> let's be honest, it, it's a lot. Um, it's a lot, a lot of work and, but I was, I was willing to do it. Um, and it was probably a few months after that, that I ended up, okay. I wasn't having like any mucus. And the weird thing is that since I was a teenager, um, I guess it's, it's okay to talk about mucus, right? (laughs) Oh yeah. That's what we're here for. (laughs) It's my typical favorite thing to say is that there really is no such thing as TMI. We talk about sex. We talk about mucus. We talk about period blood. It's all, we just rip off the bandaid and and let the awkward slide. Perfect. So like, since I was a teenager, I, I felt that I had like mucus. I mean, I, I could feel it. I could, I could see it, you know? And, um, so I just assumed that I had mucus. Now I didn't understand that there's not all mucus is created equal, right? right? Like there's, and so when I started doing, um, like actually looking for mucus the way you're supposed to using the Creighton method that I learned that I didn't have that, um, that good mucus that, that you're really looking for, um, when you're around that time of ovulation. So I was kind of shocked, you know, um, and I would not have known that unless I was, I was doing that. So, um, so that was one thing that, that was discovered through that. I ended up finding, um, a NAPRO doctor out in Columbus. So I live, um, in the Cincinnati area. So I ended up finding somebody that was the closest, (laughs) um, to me. And, but he, he was able to see me. I ended up traveling out there for one appointment. He, um, he spent like an hour with me in his office, asking me all sorts of questions that no doctor has ever bothered asking me. That um, in itself is miraculous right there. Cause I know yeah. that the majority of appointments are like, you sit there in the waiting room for mm-hmm. who knows how long. And then you're in there maybe 15, 20 minutes tops. Um, yeah. 
it. And they're like, okay, well, we'll draw some labs, I guess, but probably. Oh, yeah. Probably nothing we can do about it or whatever. You know, they just kind of shrug you off a bit. Exactly. But no, he cared about like everything. <laughs> so um, he, he um, felt that I had pretty clear signs of endometriosis as it turned out and ended up pretty quickly scheduling um, surgery to have a laparoscopy. And so I, I did end up having this surgery. And I think at this point it was like March of 2013, had this surgery um, he was pretty hopeful. Um, and I did have, so with endometriosis, you really can't know for sure unless until you're in there. Um, right. It's and not you have the surgery. until the surgery. Right. Right. That's something right. I think I probably haven't touched on here. I, I have talked a little bit about NAPRO technology. Let me just give that caveat in case anyone has not heard previous episodes. NAPRO is short for natural procreative, um, technology. And so they use the Creighton method to, um, screen for these various symptoms, um, lack or excess of mucus and things like that during certain parts of your cycle. And then they can determine the details of when to test for certain hormone levels during a certain component of your cycle. And then from there can then proceed to see, you know, maybe it's endometriosis, things like that. Endometriosis though, cannot officially be diagnosed and, um, except through surgery, like Megan said. So it's because they can't, uh, you can't see it on an ultrasound. Right. You right. have to actually be in, in there to see the, uh, um, I mean, essentially it's like endometrium, but it's not, is it technically your uterine lining? Yes. Gotcha. Anyways, I'm sorry. Can I just wanted to get that. Yeah, yeah I know. I, right. No, that's helpful. Um, so yeah, so I did, and you know what? I can't remember what, because um, there's different. Is it levels of endometriosis? Yeah, like stage, stage Stages. one, two, three, four. I think That's right. They kind of phrase it similarly to like stages of cancer, almost. Okay. Um, right. So the higher like number. Cancer. Right. So the higher the number, the the worse it is. So I want to say it was so probably somewhere in the middle, like a two, maybe a two or a three. I I honestly can't remember. Um, but it was there. Um, he was able to remove it all and, and was pretty confident that, you know, I would, I would see some success with that in, in getting pregnant. Um, but, you know, we continued to, to chart and, and to wait, you know, and, and the months went by and it's still, you know, we can see, um, and I was continuing to, you know, send in my chart was trying different things like, um, different, uh, sub- um, I think I was eventually on Femera at one point. Um, so just, just various things. And it, it got to a point at this, at this point I was working full time as a kind of a new school psychologist. And I was at getting at the end of my PhD. So I was trying to get through my dissertation. <laughs> working full time, I was just like, (laughs) not in a great state of mind to be doing all this because it is, it is fairly emotionally and physically draining. Um, especially when you're doing things like having to go get like blood tests and things like that. And and it's so specific because it's, it has to be on a specific day of your cycle. 
So you can't just yes. wing it and be, oh, it's like, uh, I was fertile like maybe three or four-ish days ago, I think. You have exactly. to be very, like, no, I'm pretty sure I ovulated exactly three days ago. Like, Well, yes. And the problem with me is that because I didn't have any mucus, I had no idea when my peak day was. <laughs> so it's kind of like it was sort of a shot in the dark. Um, and so I, I got to a point where... I was just tired and kind of just had this. Okay. So up until that point, I had been praying that God would just, you know, just get me pregnant. Like, like send us a baby. I am, I sort of started changing my prayer to, to Lord, I want whatever your will is. Like maybe this isn't your will. I felt like I had done this you know, I did it for about, uh, at the point where I decided I, I'm going to stop. It was about a year where I, where I was doing all this. And, and I said, I don't, I don't know if God really wants me to continue doing this. And I think that's something that everybody, that that's an important part is to discern and to pray. Does God want me and how much is he wanting me to do, you know, and I, I do think that I, that he wanted me to go through this for a reason, um, through all the NAPRO technology and all of this. I think that was super important. It taught me a lot about my body, it obviously healed my endometriosis. Um, but I really felt like I was supposed to just let, just take a rest and let God work. Because if he <laughs> the creator of life wants me to have a baby. I will have a baby. I love well, one. I love that you're sharing all that. I appreciate that so much. Cause I know it takes a little bit of vulnerability and it's like you said, like, wait, can we talk about mucus here? Yeah, you definitely can. Um, <laughs> like just to share kind of those private, private things about yourself, which is awesome. And your kiddos. And now, so how did you chart again to, if that might actually be TMI if you don't want to answer the question, but um, did you chart for your current pregnancy or was that another like, oh, cool, that worked so, out again? Right. So, um, so what happened? So I charted in the beginning to like avoid uh, or to at least um, space it out a little bit, you know? Uh -huh. um, and then, you know, after, I don't know, a few months or whatever, I felt, you know, we, we could do it again. <laughs> I, um, said, I kind of took on this attitude of, you know what, we're just going to kind of live and let live. Just if we, you know, we, we wanted a third, we desired to have a third, but we're also okay with, if God just wants us to have two, that that's, that's fine too. So, um, so actually I didn't pick it back up to achieve, um, pregnancy. Um, cause again, I just felt like if that's what God wants, that's, going to happen. So we'll just live our lives. And if, if it happens then great. Um, so actually, um, I was praying, praying for this pregnancy uh, m several months ago because I was really hoping, um, that it would happen. And then, and then it wasn't happening. And cause our, our second is he's almost three. Um, so I was like, well, geez, maybe it's, maybe it's not happening. Maybe it's just 
going to be the two kids. And, and so I kind of like got used to the idea of, well, this, that's okay. Like he'll be out of diapers soon. We'll be, we'll be done with all the baby stuff. And, and I, just like I'm, at peace with like the next phase yes. of like, okay, toddler life and they're going to get bigger and we'll, we'll just yeah. continue moving on. Right. So I was very, so I feel like God sometimes waits until <laughs> you feel like you have it figured out and everything's like hunky dory and, and just kind of swimming along. And then he just like pulls a rug out from under you. So it's like, <laughs> it was another situation where I was like, but, but God, I, I asked earlier <laughs> and you said no. And, but his timing is not our timing. So for whatever reason, um, yes, um, I am pregnant now. And, and I was like, Oh, okay. Like it was just a little bit of a, a readjustment. Like, okay, yeah. that's, that's good, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Fine. And it's funny. I don't know. You mentioned earlier about the sense of peace when you finally kind of just like let go of the control. And I know that's happened to me in some similar situations. Like, okay, Lord, like I cannot dictate my entire life for myself. I know that I don't have that kind of control. And, um, I'm just going to let go. And like the, like you said, the peace that the freedom that you feel from just like, okay, Lord, I'm along for this rad. Like just right. remind me, remind me of your presence every so often. And I think I'll be okay with it, I guess. <laughs> yes. Because the thought of being in control is a total delusion. Like, oh, and that's absolutely. why we can, you know, we'll never be happy if we, as long as we try to be control or we think we're in control, we're going to be disappointed. Um, so yeah, the only way that we can be happy is by giving it, giving it to God and just saying, okay, I'll put on my seatbelt. Let's go. Yeah. Which is kind of how part of what led to the podcast as well. I, I had been considering blogging for, for various, um, well, a, a long time, really. I didn't really know what topic to consider. I thought maybe just the faith and, didn't know kind of what to land on and then I just never actually took any tangible steps to make it happen I was like pretty fearful and I thought well yeah. if it's going to yeah. be really great and make me a lot of money then it's not worth my time which is silly <laughs> like, so teaching as a profession which will definitely not ever check off that box but that's yeah fine. not gonna get rich um, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you know finally he was like okay stop be quiet this is my thing. You mm-hmm. just have to be my tool right now. You just have to be my instrument and let me do the thing. Um, so like, okay, Lord, fine. You're right. I need to just like swallow my humble pill and uh, what right. is that phrase? Humble pie. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah so <laughs> to just yeah humble we pie. have yeah we have this this idea of control that like you said exactly right. It's a delusion. Um. I have another question for you, though. I know. So since you have a, a daughter and a son, I presume you likely get those typical questions of, oh, like <laughs> one of each and you're done. Or, you know, now you need a tiebreaker, like those types of questions. How do you how do you cope or deal? I mean, maybe not cope is the right word. If they don't bother you, then it's no big deal. But um, what's your response to questions like that? Yeah, I've, I've gotten that before. Um it's, it's sort of surprising to me, actually, how many people, not, not that it bothers me. It, it really doesn't. It doesn't offend me when people ask me questions like, oh, um, yeah, so you're, now you have one of each. So you have the perfect family, you know, or are you thinking of having another one? You know, I, only because of what I went through with infertility, I, I will never ask anybody, when are you having kids? Or I, you know, 
just because of my experience. But I get that people don't, they come from a place of, you know, they come from a place of love and they're not, you know, trying to be rude or anything. So it doesn't offend me. It doesn't really bother me. Um, I'm just honest and I'll just say, well, yeah, we'd, we'd be okay with another one, but whatever God, you know, whatever God wants to happen. So that's pretty much all I say. Yeah, that's good. I think you're probably much nicer than I am, but I, I, and the (laughs) thing is, I haven't actually, you know, gone through quite that. So I, I have had some gender questions. I have two sons and I, I've had someone ask me, well, don't you wish you had a daughter? And like, I mean, mm. not right like, now. I'm, I'm still healing from the last kid. So give me, give me a break. But, uh, and no, my family's perfect now. Thanks. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I love, I love the snark. I tend to be a little on the sarcastic side, but I do appreciate those of you like yourself who are just, a little more calm, a little more understanding. Like, it's fine. I'll answer in a nice, polite way because I think it balances those like me who just want to be pound my head against a wall and say something very unchristian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like, I want, I don't like people to like not like me. <laughs> so it's, not like, it's not like it comes from a place of, un- of kindness or anything. It's like, oh, what will people, I don't want to be rude because. I don't want to make people mad, but <laughs> yeah, I hear that but sometimes you, sometimes you do, you just have to be like honest and, you know, just put people, you know, not put people in their place, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I it's think okay to have of, a little staff. Yes. And to kind of let those boundaries lie where they are like, okay, the questions you're asking me are a little personal. Um, exactly. I really want to have this conversation right now. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, Oh, what was it? Do you know, or like how far along did you know what you are having? So no. So I'm about, um, to, I'm only like 12 weeks right now. Um, and I, I put so much less stock in due dates than I did. Than my- <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, the season, like, what am I doing? I don't know. Like the, I don't know. Sometime. Of some month. <laughs> January. Yeah. Sometime in January, we'll see what happens. Um, but no, so I guess I probably won't find out um, if it's a boy or a girl until about 20, 20 weeks. So you got a little ways to go. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, yeah, could not care less either way. I I have no, <laughs> I have no feeling like either way, whatever it is, I'll be, I'll be happy with. So. Yeah, I'll be love and dot on. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Well, e- either way, I mean, congratulations. It's so awesome. Thank you. All the babies are all so exciting. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Thank you. Um, so you do have a blog. That's one thing I know we, we, you and I have talked about it, but we didn't really hit on it. You said it's kind of related to um, parenthood. Anything yeah. else? Yeah, so I, I – okay, so it's not – I have – this pregnant I do not do pregnancy well so (laughs) (laughs) let me just say that since I found out I was pregnant I have not done anything with the blog so I really need to I need to get motivated to get back into it um because I just the morning sickness the, the the exhaustion is just like kicking my butt but anyway yeah um, yeah it is Yes, totally. So hopefully when I get a little bit more energy back um, and feel more like myself, I'll get back into it. But um, so I I was starting to blog about some things like I really like to talk about discipline um, because I just see just in my own, you know, real life um, 
just a real lack of consistency in that with parenting with, Mm -hmm. you know, from toddlers to teenagers. Um, So I've blogged about like teenagers and um, when to, how to decide when to give them a cell phone. Um, You know, and I've talked about uh, being consistent with using consequences. Um, And so I just really like talking about those kinds of things. And I feel like I drift a little bit from the mainstream school psychology um, where there's a lot of positive. Okay. Not that I think there's anything wrong with positive reinforcement. I do use it. um, But I don't think there's anything wrong with punishment and consequences. People don't like the word punishment nowadays. It sounds, sounds kind of ugly. Um, but all it really means is just consequences. Um, and, and so, but it just sounds bad, you know, for our our modern society doesn't like that word. (laughs) um, And it's not, and you work in school. So, you know, like schools are very, they don't really use punishment well, or they're afraid to use it. Well, what are you going to do? Like, you're not going to put a kid like in the corner, in the hallway. We don't do that yeah. anymore, but, yeah. <laughs> but with their own children, you can certainly put them in timeout. And I think there's nothing wrong with that and it can be very effective. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a difference I think in discipline in the home versus what's feasible in schools. Oh, um, 100%. <laughs> you can't do a whole lot in school. Let's be honest. It's just, yeah. Okay, the sticker didn't work. I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you have much more. As a parent, I think parents have a lot more control than they realize. Um, And so it's just I'm all about helping parents be more confident in their own skills and and just be more consistent. Oh, yeah. I'm learning a lot about consistency with the almost. It's hard so hard it's so hard because it's it's exhausting to have to put your foot down 27 times because they didn't respect it the previous 26 well you don't feel like it I mean (laughs) let's be honest it's I don't you know if we're not consistent at least I know for me if I'm not consistent I I mean I have nobody to blame but myself it's because Mm -hmm. I don't feel like it because it's you don't want to hear you know what you're going to hear, you know, the, the arguing or the, the tantrums or whatever it is. It's so but much it, easier to just give you the cupcake yes. for breakfast than oh, to, yeah. to just be consistent in saying we have to have normal breakfast foods and not a cupcake for breakfast. Please stop asking me. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. I know. But it's, you know, it's suffering. It's like, well, if you're willing to suffer the short term, unpleasantness yes. <laughs> you will reap the benefits over the long term you know it's yes. just one of those it's just like everything else you know yeah. you oh, have yeah. to look long term you know it's like the your whole entire uh testimony with now pro like you were in it for the long haul and you had to kind of be yeah. patient with the results because you know you you might have just come to peace with not trying now pro at all but then you wouldn't not have had the surgery and so even right. though you um, stopped charting prior to your first pregnancy, like that first pregnancy might not have happened if you didn't at least start for a little while and play right. the long game on the whole process. Exactly. Yep. Nothing comes quickly and easily <laughs> in this life. 
even though we keep acting like it should like we don't learn our lesson (laughs) yes so um I do like to end well one I wanted to thank you again for for your vulnerability and all of it but I like to end by asking each of my guests what is something and it doesn't have to be natural family planning related it can be silly if you can think of a silly example if you'd like or serious what is something that um you had a misconception or misunderstanding about that you have come to learn the truth about? So this does have to do with uh, NAPR technology. So I knew you were going to ask this question, so I wanted to be prepared. Um, But one of the other things I don't think I mentioned was um, that miscarriage can be prevented. It was something that I learned, even though I've never had a miscarriage myself i've i have women close to me who have had several miscarriages and and that's another thing that can be you know diagnosed and treated through charting your cycles um and just that something like that can be prevented kind of rather simply um was was really like surprising to me and, and yeah, so that, that was one misconception I had. I thought that miscarriage was just like something it's that it, just it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just happens and it's too bad and it's sad and all that, but there's nothing you can do about it. I didn't yeah. Know. Yeah. And I think it's tough. So this is actually something I can speak to. I did have a miscarriage between my two sons. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah. Thank you. I, I have shared about it a tiny bit, but haven't really gone into it uh, mm-hmm. super detailed. I charted a different method semi-haphazardly with the first one. And after him, I had delayed return of fertility because of nursing. And so it wasn't until about 14 months or so that I like started noticing my cycle was coming back. Um, I did get pregnant shortly thereafter. He was just over a year old when I realized I was pregnant. And that's the pregnancy we lost in October of uh, 2019. Um, oh. and so I had had a little bit of that knowledge of like, oh, well, I've read a lot of women can, can take progesterone and that can prevent it. So mm-hmm. right. after that, I was like, okay, I, that's when I, I was like, okay, I got to do Creighton cause that's related to NAPRO and they treat, um, they treat the causes of miscarriage frequently and very well. So that's when I kind of did a deep dive into Creighton more specifically. So I started charting Creighton. Um, but I was like, my, my, you know, my periods are still really iffy after having breastfed and then had the miscarriage. And I just couldn't really figure anything out. I was like maybe four days into a chart after yeah. my intro, um, before I was like, something's off. Like, I, I don't know. Oh, something's weird. Yeah. I, I took a pregnancy test. I was pregnant again. Um, so I had two pregnancies within about eight weeks or so, maybe 10 weeks of each other. And that, um, so I was like, okay, you know, I, I learned enough about NAPRO to know that even though I didn't have a chart, I still needed to contact somebody so I could say it, maybe it is progesterone, um, deficiency that led to my previous miscarriage. And I don't really know that. I still don't know if that is what it was, but I was able to call someone out of Dallas and she asked me about four or five questions about my previous cycles my previous pregnancy and my miscarriage to determine, she's like, yeah, I think you have low progesterone. I'm calling you a prescription right now. And then um, I want you to go to X, Y, and Z lab. And then they're, they're going to send me this, you know, cause the closest NAPRO to me at the time was about five hours away. So she sent me, this was all virtual um, even oh, before right. the pandemic hit. So she was able right. to get all that info virtually 
So she sent me, she sent me progesterone already without even having tested my labs because the screening questions were enough for her to know that my progesterone in fact was too low. And then, um, and then sent me to the lab to do, to confirm that. And that it stayed fairly low without supplementation, basically my whole pregnancy. So I wound up getting, um, injections throughout my la- whole last pregnancy the whole time through. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that particular misconception. Yeah. I have a sec to, to share about my experience there. Um, and it's why, you know, I, I'd like to say there is no best option for using NFP. There are so many methods and they're all really great for a variety of reasons. My personal choice for myself is Creighton because of its relationship with NAPRO um, and the good that it can bring. So, you know, but there's of course a lot of other pros and cons to every other method that um, can be deciphered by each individual. But yeah, so I'm glad you hit on that because is an opportunity for me to share a little bit more specifically what went on in that time. And yeah. And that's awesome little, that they were able to see that. And yeah. Read it. Yeah. Just from a few phone call questions, like it wasn't even, you know, I mean, maybe another time I'll actually share what those questions were and what my answers were to them, because I don't want anyone to read this as like, like a diagnostic thing because this is all anecdotal. Right. I mean, right. It'd be something you'd have to actually talk to a physician about, but you know, it's kind of incredible. The symptoms well, that yeah. are seemingly normal. It's like you talked about right. with the cancer. This seems normal. This seems common. Only it's not. This is actually a sign of X, Y, or Z, and it can be treated. And Well, um, right. And it at least you know. lets other women feel like you should, sp- you know, speak up about this. If it's, yeah. ask, you know, ask your doctor, like, could this be something to look into, you know? Um, and, and, <laughs> and to switch if they blow you off. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. So I think this is, oh my gosh, it's so, I love that you're doing this podcast. It's awesome. Thank um, you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's great. It's great that more of this has to be shared with the world. I, um, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, all the listeners, share, subscribe, all those things. If, if any <laughs> of what, I myself or Megan has shared it resonates with an experience you yourself have had like, oh, maybe I should look more into this because it's, I thought it was normal, but maybe not. I'm going to go do some investigating because we do, we have to be our own advocate. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody's going to do it for us. Mm-hmm. Megan, thanks again so much. I'll put your um, Instagram handle on the show notes so people can find you and find your blog and all that jazz. I know it probably is not super up to date, but it will be hopefully shortly when you're feeling a little better into the second yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hopefully by the time this airs, I'll be in a better spot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So thank you again so much. Congrats on the little one growing and thank uh, you. I hope to chat with you soon. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Natural Misconceptions podcast. My name is Stephanie Mora. And don't forget, there's no such thing as TMI.